Good afternoon, everybody. It is truly, and I'm not, I'm not just trying to yank your chain here. It is truly another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. We'll spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation. News and politics, of course. We're always into the news and the politics. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about music again today because it is day four of Rich Show Week. And uh, Rich will be joining us later. More on that in a minute. Uh, Uber producer Dan Peters is here. He, as always, keeps you up to date on the latest news and weather and uh, pays attention and runs our social media and all that. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio, streamed live on KSO.com or through the KSOO mobile app. Remember, you can always follow along Facebook Live where uh, you can come and look behind the scenes and watch me scramble around. That's always fun. Or follow on the Twitter account, manned by Mr. Peters at P. Lally Show. Of course, you can watch me scramble around, too, on uh, my no, edition of Facebook Live. No, there's no scrambling over on Dan Peters' side. It's all very controlled, very measured, and very reasoned. The man's a pro. He knows what he's doing. I, on the other hand, am you, flying without a net. We still have some training wheels <laughs> that we need, just in case. Just in case. Every once in a while. Uh, but I'm having a great time here as the host of this program, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5. It's It really is fantastic talking about our city and everything that's facing us. You know what else is fantastic, Dan? Our coyotes. Put a, put a, just a strapping on the jackrabbits last night down in Vermilion at the uh, Sanford Coyote Sports Center. It's 87 to 68. There it is. Coyote fight song. Yes, it is. Do you know the words, Dan? No, because I was always playing the baritone yep. during the song, so I never never had to learn the words. No. I don't know the words. I was playing the tuba. See? I still got it. I still got it. So, yeah. The, but that was basketball game last night. First of the, basically, what could be three games between the Yotes and the Jackrabbit men. The women play tonight up in Brookings at Frost Arena, so that'll be fun. I imagine that they will be hanging from the rafters yes. figuratively in that yes. venue. Well, it is a barn, after all. They call it an arena, but it's a barn. Let's be serious. You know, I think the original one, before they built Frost, they called that the barn. Yeah. Well, they just built a new barn. Mm-hmm. We have a nice new state. Yeah, here's the problem. I have not been down to uh, the new basketball arena yet. I feel bad about that. I really do. I got to get down there for a game. Last night would have been the night, but you know, when you're live till five, you know, and then you got to take care of a few things. Yeah, and hard to hustle down. Mm-hmm. I get to uh, some Summit League tournament games, but they might have put you to work shoveling some snow down there in Vermilion. Apparently, they have plenty of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't tell any of my friends I'm coming. Uh, so that was great. I watched it on TV last night, and uh, it was awesome. It doesn't mean anything, really, in the grand scheme of things. Long season. They play again up in Brookings next month, and then they, uh, you know, they're the two best teams in the league, so they could very well meet in the finals of the Summit League tournament for the third time. So, but it portends well. We played well. It was fun to watch. So we'll see. Good luck to my Jackrabbit friends for the rest of the season. Um, you know, we're living in a fog. We have been living in a fog for a few days, and we get this every year, you know, 
And I was thinking as I was dry, riding, I wasn't driving, I was riding my bike in today because it was so beautiful out. And, you know, it's like we get to live in a different place, you know. We don't move, rather our world around us transforms for a few days each January and sometimes later. That's what we have now. We're living in a glistening fog. Each like, morning you wake up to a misty, fantastical world of glazed trees and buildings left overnight by that descending frozen cloud. Now, do we have to look ahead 90 days? Because that's the old wives' tale, that if you get a fog and there's nothing else associated with it, then 90 days hence, there will be, or I should say 90 days into the future, there will be the potential for a big system coming through. Let's... I don't think I like that wives' tale, Dan. <laughs> no. We'll mark it down. It's uh, April 25th. We'll see. April 25th. It happens. I'm not going to say, you know, it's snowed on Mother's Day. Let's be serious. Uh, but it's it's beautiful out there right now, and I, I love it. Um, you know, it lifts kind of slowly, and it like today the sun came out, and it was just glistening. As I was riding on the trail, I saw a a very a brilliant cardinal in a just a frost covered, the hoar frost as it's called, the deep, long, spiky frost, a cardinal sitting in the middle of this white tree. And it was just stunning. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I'm like, where's my camera? You know, and that's when it's really good, when the sun breaks through and the wind, when it stays down. It came up a little bit today, kind of beat down the frost. But looks like we're going to have one more day of this, right? Yeah, tomorrow we're going to have some more foggy, but it's going to be a warmer foggy tomorrow. Well, let's, you know, one more beautiful morning uh, in this beautiful space in our winter. It's a, a respite without a name. So enjoy the day while it lasts, my friends. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include, as I said, Rich Show. He's going to be back for his second appearance for on Rich Show Week on the fourth day. We'll discuss uh, some growing Sioux Falls music scene stuff and you know, what's next for Rich and his preparation for the release of That Was the Future, This is the Past. He's got the big concert on Saturday night. I'll be there. But, you know, he doesn't ever quits working. So we're going to talk to him about what's coming up next for Rich and what he thinks of uh, the music scene here in town. The Boon Man will be in for Weird Friends to talk and uh, wait for this, the mayoral race, among other things, and Chislick. That's, he, this is what he's been talking about lately. Tracy Mueller is spokesman for the America's Farmers Grow Rural Education. We've chatted with these folks before. It's funded by Monsanto, but they've got this program where farmers can nominate schools to get ten to $25,000 in grants, so that's a big deal. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, testing babies, testing babies. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 317 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 Oh, we're getting a little closer to free on the PL statement today. At least we're going to try. Oh, looking through the news today. So, a couple things. One, you know, national one, kind of celebrity DD, celebrity DD. 
and then a little state action here. But uh, Oprah says no. Oprah 2020, Winfrey says she does not have the DNA for it. This is a public NPR story I saw today. So apparently Oprah gave a interview in which she said, uh, I've always felt very secure and confident with myself and knowing what I could do and what I could not. I don't have the DNA for it for running for president. So, you know, there was after her big uh, Golden Globe speech, obviously there was a lot of speculation about Oprah running for president in 2020 against the Donald. And as uh, fascinating as that might have been, you know, she says a former talk show host says she's received plenty of encouragement toward a campaign and thought the mock-ups of an Oprah 2020 mug and other campaign literature were cute. You remember uh, Stedman Graham, old Stedman, he, after the Golden Globes, he said, uh, it's up to the people. She would absolutely do it. And then Gail King, you know Gail, who co-anchors CBS this morning, said that even though she's had people pestering her about whether Winfrey's going to run, even she ultimately knew a run wasn't likely in the cards. So Oprah's saying she's not going to do it. So that you can you can sort of you know walk away from that. Apparently there was a poll. NPR, PBS NewsHour, and Marist, uh, they polled the race as you know, somebody would very quickly and found that Oprah would beat Trump 50 to 39. Well, you know, whatever. It's, that's a kind of a silly poll to have, but it's, it shows you the power of Oprah. The power of Oprah. She says, I have to say the core of me is about conversations, exploring the depth of our human experiences. That is what I do. That is my calling. So Oprah's going to stay in the, uh, conversations business and not get into the politics business you know it was a fascinating flight of fancy wasn't it i mean admit it the storyteller in you the sports fan in you the the political racehorse horse race person and you thought about oprah v donald cage match in 2020 holding a fair amount of intrigue that goes well beyond politics that would just be pure blood sport blood sport people yeah, that uniquely American desire to see celebrities engaged in hand-to-hand combat through the airwaves and on a debate stage. But it was never real, was it? It was never, that wasn't real. That was a kind of a fantasy. A fantasy world of celluloid heroes and villains, as Ray Davies once said. But that gets us to a local issue, and I, I find this, this is very interesting to me. So, South Dakota lawmakers are weighing the issue of whether of a mother's privacy over her infant's health. The debate begins in the Health and Human Services Committee in the Senate, um, and it it did it. Uh, so there's this this issue, and this is also from uh, this is from South Dakota Public Broadcasting today. So there's a bill that would authorize healthcare practitioners to test infants up to 28 days old for controlled substances if they exhibit relevant symptoms. The bill allows the test with or without parental consent. If results are positive, the practitioner must report them to the Department of Social Services. So the backers of this, uh, healthcare lobbyists and current practitioners, they say the legislation allows for better care of infants who can't speak for themselves. Nobody opposed this. Uh, Neil Tapio, our old friend Neil Tapio, senator from Watertown, said he actually is concerned for a mother's right against self-incrimination. His quote, what we don't want to do is to be able to have a mother 
make a decision that she doesn't want to go to the hospital because of some sort of ramification. So it's a very delicate issue. Um, the debate raises the question of drug addiction and trauma for Senator Kevin Miller. He says removing an infant from the home doesn't solve the root of the addiction, which is true. This is uh, sponsor, sponsored by Senator Deb Soholt. Uh, she's from Sioux Falls. Uh, she's the chairman of the chairwoman of the committee. She acknowledges the tension between infant health and parental privacy but says the priority should lie with the infant. She also recognizes the need for further action against addiction. Her quote, the intention is to do an assessment and to help provide support for the family and the healing to the infant. So it's a very small bite out of a very large apple. Uh, so it passed out of committee and it goes to the Senate. We'll see where this goes. But this, first of all, this may be the first and only time I agree, I'll need, agree with Neil Tapio I, too, have concerns about women not getting care for their babies because they're worried about getting in trouble. And I know everybody recognizes that. I know it seems apocryphal to imagine a mother not going to a doctor because she's a drug user of whatever sort. But people can be cruel. And when their judgment is bent with addiction, the impossible becomes an option. That's not to minimize this issue because the health and well-being of the child is the prime concern. We know that. That's not in dispute. But how do you balance the real needs of that kid, that baby, against the privacy of the mother? I mean, there is a privacy issue there. It's her family. Yes, a child with narcotics or alcohol in its system passed through the body of a mother qualifies as abuse. I don't, I don't really think there's an issue with that. However, if the woman knows there's potential to lose her child to social services or even go to jail, I mean, in, the, in an extreme case maybe, what are the odds that she'll do the best to dodge the test up to and including not getting proper care? That's the nightmare scenario, isn't it? So... Rather than bombing down this road without consideration of the ramifications, there's a, that old legis legislative saw called unintended consequences. You hear all that all the time. Perhaps we do need to take a deeper, more thoughtful examination of the circumstances that bring us to this tragic place of a baby, a baby, a newborn, exhibiting symptoms of narcotics in her body. We know we have a growing issue in this state and in this community with methamphetamine use and prescription drug use and abuse and even alcohol abuse, which isn't a controlled substance, but has some of the same effects. We read the stories and we see the end result of human failings in the news every day. And you feel that sorrow in the pit of your stomach. All involved need help. Everybody, the, everybody in the scenario needs help. The mother needs help. The healthcare providers, they need help. They're looking for help to do what's best for the child. And most importantly, the baby. The baby needs help. 
Is prescribed testing without the parent's permission the best way to do that? What if this is a person who has no record, who themselves has not exhibited any signs of drug abuse or use? Somebody has to make a judgment call. There's a step there. There is a, there is a uh, loss of liberty to the mother. And that's a real thing. And you need to have probable cause. You can't violate the Fourth Amendment. I don't know the answers to those questions necessarily. But I know it's not an easy answer at all. And I look forward to that discussion. I think it's fascinating. But be very careful. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can email me, Patrick at KSO.com, and I'd love to hear from you. You can go to our Twitter feed at P Lally Show and throw us a comment there. Get on Facebook Live. The discussion always continues on Facebook Live. And we look forward to hearing from you. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk to the Boone Man. He's got some thoughts on uh, the mayoral race shakeup, a little bit of the living in this dead zone between football and baseball, all kinds of good stuff from the Boone Man on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSLO. And we continue Rich Show Week here on the Patrick Lally Show with Boys in the Band. Bringing in. My weird friend, the Boone Man. Boone Man, thanks for being with us today on this glorious day. Glorious. Oh, spring is here, baby. Yeah, it feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah, feels like it. it does. Hey, since it's uh, uh, January, February, you know, which is uh, kind of a crazy time in this state because legislature is in session. Do you pay attention? Are you, are, are you watching the legislature? Are you following I, bills, that sort of thing? I have fingers on the pulse of everything. That's true. You know, the... South Dakota State Legislature, it's in session. You know, we're um, we're a very efficient legislature here. We're only in session for about 38 working days, roughly. Starts uh, second Tuesday in January. You know, we focus on handling the important stuff, getting things done, mm-hmm. tax revenues, allocation of funds, yes. state highway system, state emergency management, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the big stuff. stuff. Like, you know, Senate Bill 96. Oh, yeah? What's that? Which, obviously, everybody knows Senate Bill 96 is to uh, designate Chislick <laughs> as the official nosh of the state of South Dakota. <laughs> Chislick. Oh, uh, no. That is what our legislature is talking about. It was the, the bill sponsored by Stace Nelson. <laughs> Nut job. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's not in the studio right now, is he? Well, he guy. might show up at your house. I don't want to. I don't want to scare you, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it is sponsored by 18 senators. You know how many senators there are in the state of South Dakota? Uh, 35. Eight senators. 35. Yeah. 18 of them sponsored this deal. 
18 senators, 16 of the 70 representatives, 34 of our legislators up there think that this is an important enough issue to make it the official nosh, (laughs) the official nosh of... Is that like just means snack food? Is that what that means? I don't understand. You know, if you look it up, nosh as a noun, it is a snack food. As a verb, it is to snack on, Uh, uh, often for extended periods of time, rather than eating a meal at parties, uh, such as in front of the TV, or while sitting around (laughs) passing a pipe listening to Hendrix. You know, that's the kind of, that's what it is. That's what nosh is. Oh, God. Yeah, I... You know, it's not that I don't like Chislik, okay? Because you really can't go wrong. Chislik's great. Yep, with just, you know, deep fried meat, okay? But here's my issue with Chislik, all right? If you had to tell people what it is, what do you tell them? Deep fried meat. Well, what kind of meat? Well, I see, in my mind, Chislik is deer. I understand Or lamb or beef. Or antelope. You know, I mean, it's it starts to... Yeah. yeah. This is my problem with Chislik. It's like anything, you, you can cut up any sort of meat, yep. boil it in oil, and call it Chislik. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the best we can do. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I mean, there are... We do have limited time. We have limited budget. We're a small state. Yeah. I, you know, and... Uh, you know, uh, Stace, not Jeb Nelson, tries to say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, promoting agriculture. And oh, okay. he sees that someday school children around the country will learn about <laughs> South Dakota's famous Chislik and, and that it will help bring tourists to the state. Uh, it is weird. I just, I just, it is weird that you go anywhere else. Nobody, I don't know where the name comes from. It yep. sounds Czech. Yep. You know what I mean? It yep. sounds like something it they would have come up with in Tyndall. But nobody well, really you know, knows. Hutchinson County allegedly is the Chislik capital of the world. Well, I think that's of the world, <laughs> and that's uh, you know that's Freeman, Parkston, Mano, Olivet, Trip, Dimmick, yeah. down down that way. I think that's actually where uh, Stace Nelson lives. He is. He's Hutchinson County State Senator now. And again, no, I don't... no, no, no. Let's let's what? back. He's he's up actually towards Farmer, which Mitchell. is north north by Mitchell. What? Well, he, so that's but... Hanson County. I thought he was Hutchinson County. Yeah, but but his district Hutchinson extends County, yeah. into Hutchinson oh, County. Oh, I see. I see. He covers that area. Correct. Okay. Well, there we got we yeah, got Hutchinson the record County. cleared there. Yeah, the, the, yeah, he is the state senator from that area. Those are his County. constituents down there. That portion of that county, that yeah. district of that yeah. county. So that's the, the Chislik capital of the world. Hutchinson County as yeah. a whole. Got it. Got it. Now, once again, I don't want to scare you. I don't want to keep bringing this up, but Stace Nelson is a big man. Also a former, like, military intelligence guy. So, I mean, I would be careful. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Don't, I wouldn't push the Chislik thing too hard. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Ooh, but I do have to say, I misspeak. It's Fulton. Fulton is where he's from. Another thing that has got me going, especially today, Yep. And yesterday, you know, it is that time of year, as we have that several times here in our area because of the weather and, and things like that, we have fog, yeah. a lot of fog. Yeah, I was talking about that earlier. And it, it, it's, I, you yeah. know, it, it, the big part of it is most cars now, they're for, they're for lazy people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're for idiots. 
you know, the, the, the lights turn on automatically and turn off. You, 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 you don't turn your own lights on. No, I don't. But like my, you know, my truck, Fordzilla, yeah. when I drive my truck, when I, when I start the truck, the little seatbelt light turns on and it dings. Yep. And, if I, and then it turns off. It, gets, it tells me, hey, put your seatbelt on. Right. You know, and and if for some reason I choose not to put my seatbelt on, I don't want that thing to keep dinging, right. dinging, and dinging. It says my truck. If I want my headlights on, I have to turn them on. If yes. I want them off, I have to turn them off. Well, I'm surprised it has headlights still. <laughs> the problem, <laughs> the problem is when people are driving around when it's foggy. Yeah. You don't need your headlights to see. No. You need your headlights so other people can see you. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, that's the ideal. Are we? You are, have to think. Yeah. Turn your headlights on. <laughs> Please, as a public, this is a Boone Man public service announcement. People, right. turn I, you know, on your headlights. Even if you have, and you know what, your parking lights—that's for parking. Those aren't fog lights. Those <laughs> are your blinkers just turned on. Okay, so that's for if you're parked on a street waiting for somebody, maybe noshing on some chislick <laughs> while you're passing the pipe, uh, you can turn your parking lights on then so people can see that you're stopped. But you shouldn't be driving around with your parking lights on. No, the flashers, for parking, no. Not for fog. Oh, not flashers. Uh, no, just, you, you know how when you turn your headlights on, just one click? Oh, yeah, I see. Parking lights yeah, old on? school. You're right, though, because yeah. any new car has day running lamps and... I don't touch it. It, it does, takes care of all of it you know, itself. When, you day, when your daytime running lamps are on, your headlights are on, but your taillights are not. Oh, right. That's So that's true. why you have to turn your headlights on, even though it's not dark and your car doesn't turn the headlights on mm-hmm. automatically because, you know, the light sensor senses too much light. Yeah. Have you, you have to turn them on. See, we, we've like learned something here. Lazy people with these fancy cars with the lights <laughs> that turn on themselves, when it's light out but it's foggy, you have to reach down with your hand. Be careful. Reach down with your hand and turn your lights on. Do it before you leave if you're too scared. Yeah. Do it while you're driving. <laughs> turn the headlights on. Well, I kind of am. I don't want things to go wrong. I don't want to be looking down underneath That's the steering wheel when I'm driving. Do that before you leave. Oh, okay. Hey, uh... You know we've enjoyed oh. we've enjoyed a nice football season, you and I, and uh, the boom yeah, and and some friends. I I you know the Super Bowl. I have no interest in this Super Bowl. So what what are you well, going to do? What are you going to do on Sundays? And, well, it, it, and well, you know, of course, the Pro Bowl. I got some money on the Pro Bowl this weekend, which means <laughs> what's the line? Uh, you are uh, DJ. Yeah, if you know the line on the Pro Bowl, you've got a problem as well. <laughs> but uh, the Super Bowl, that'll be a fun game to watch. I'll enjoy watching that. But then after that, what do you do? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have this terrible time of the year that I've been I've been dreading for, for the last few weeks. As much fun as the playoffs have been to watch, what are you going to do between the end of football and the start of baseball? Uh, Hockey? Hey. Now, the Winter Olympics will be on. Mm-hmm. That That's, will be helpful. Th- that is I helpful. Like get my curling in. And your luge. I like to watch some curling, some speed skating, some luge. Wow. Man. You know what How happens, that, though, a, yeah. with the Winter Olympics? Here's the problem with the Winter Olympics. You keep, so you start out with the good stuff, right? Like the luge and curling yeah. and stuff. Pretty quickly, it all gets taken over by figure skating. Yeah, that's no good. Nobody no. needs to watch that. Nobody needs to watch figure skating. So then you're stuck until baseball starts. You know, 
basketball and we're going to watch that. Timberwolves oh, are hockey, good. That's just soccer on ice. <laughs> nobody would nobody needs to watch that. No. no. It's going to be tough. We'll have to we'll figure something out. Golf. We can watch golf. Well, but, and of course, you know, uh NASCAR, uh, <laughs> they start off with uh, the the Daytona 500. That is the, that is their Super Bowl and that's yeah. how they start their season. Yeah, I know. And then it's downhill uh, from I there. I tried to I tried to like NASCAR, didn't work. I tried to like hockey. I tried to like soccer. I tried to like college football. None of it worked. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're, we risk angering uh, Uber producer Dan Peters with the NASCAR talk, so I don't want to I don't want to go off on that one. That'd be a, that's a bad idea, right, Dan? It, I, I love I'll NASCAR. Have to find something productive to do here. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I think I would like to drive in NASCAR. I just don't like to watch it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and maybe if they're live. Boone Man, uh, thanks for uh, setting us straight on some things. I appreciate that. I, I feel like my perspective has changed. Okay. And I don't have a joke for you. The closest thing I have to a joke is that, is that Nash thing, talking about passing <laughs> the pipe. <laughs> no, that was fine. That was good. That qualifies. I'm going to check joke, yes. So you get, you get a passing grade. for. Ooh, get this. a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. All right. Goodbye, Patrick. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk about a new, or not a new, a uh, program to get local schools gobs of money to learn about STEM and education and get into agriculture. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Three forty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we have on the phone today, I'm very happy to talk with Tracy Mueller. She is the spokesperson, Mueller, I'm sorry, spokesperson for uh, America's Farmers Grow Rural Education. And we're going to talk about a cool program for local schools. Tracy, thanks for taking a few minutes for us today. Oh, thanks for letting me talk about this. So, um, first of all, uh, what is America's Farmers Grow Rural Education? So, it started back in uh, 2011. And it's a way for us to partner with farmers um, to give out uh, school grants to help improve science, technology, engineering, and math education, so STEM education. Um, since uh, 2011, we've given more than $14 million, um, to rural school districts throughout the U.S. And so where does the money come from? Um, the Monsanto Fund, So the philanthropic part of Monsanto. Yeah, so Monsanto, of course, is a... Uh, Ag, ag company of, of some some renown, a fairly well-known <laughs> little ag operation uh, yeah. that funds this. But tell us about this. So there's this program, uh, and we've talked about STEM education uh, connected to agriculture before, um, and some scholarships that are available for kids who want to get into the different careers. Uh, but why does uh, America's Farmers Grow Rural Education want to... There's a grant program for schools themselves. Tell us about that. Well, so we really want to get students excited about STEM. You know, um, STEM is so important because it's in every part of our lives. So if you look around, science is everywhere in the world. Um, Technology is continuously expanding into every aspect of our lives. Engineers, um, they figure out how things work and invent and design uh, new structures and 
things that will improve our lives, and, and we all use math every day. So um, it, all of these things are so important um, for kids that are going to school now for the future. So this, uh, this program that you're um, talking about today, uh, the Rural Education Program, um, is available to, uh, it's pretty interesting because public schools can get 10000 to $25,000 in grants to work on STEM. How does that work? I mean, how, you know, how can a school get involved with that? So um, farmers can go to americasfarmers.com and under the Grow Rural Education tab, um, it'll take them less than five minutes and they can nominate their public school. Um, then once the school is nominated, we will reach out to them and they have an opportunity to decide whether they want to um, submit a grant for $10,000 or $25,000. They can pick either one. Um, the competition is a little more stiff for the $25,000 grant. So sometimes, you know, um, some tend to go more for the 10, but um, for sure they can pick either one they want. Now, if a school's listening and, and um, they have not been nominated, if they know a farmer in the area, um, they can definitely reach out to them and, um, and ask them to nominate them. They only need one nomination to be able to um, apply for the grants. Go find yourself a farmer. Uh, and get them to nominate you. Probably not that hard, but uh, we have plenty of farmers. Um, So what kinds of things do you, uh, does the money get used for? So all kinds of things. I have one story um, from last year that's kind of amazing. Um, uh, So a middle school in Illinois, they use their portion of their $25,000 grant. They purchased a 3D printer. And um, the eighth grade class, so the teacher there knew, uh, um, was friends with a local farmer, and they spent the entire school year researching and building a prosthetic arm um, because he had lost his um, left arm in a farming accident, which, I mean, that's pretty amazing. You're kidding me. That is amazing. (laughs) How did they, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can build a prosthetic arm with a 3D printer? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that either. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. I know. Um, you know, and that, I mean, that one is really, really, really amazing. Um, but, I mean, there's so many important stories, too. Like, um, one um, science lab has not been updated since the 70s, you know. So imagine what those kids are learning on, um, what they have for equipment. Uh, I mean, just even even if it's not as exciting as the, as the prosthetic arm, it's still um, pretty cool either way. Yeah, well, and a lot of these things are, are tough to fund, you know, and, and yeah. they may not be uh, 3D printers, but any sort of uh, equipment or projects, what have you, uh, budgets are tight and sometimes science things are expensive. So do they have to, um, how, can they use just the money for part to pay part of something? Say they've got a some yeah. really grand project and they can use this for like half of it or something like that. Yeah, definitely. So they'll, um, they have to submit a budget, but they can say, okay, let's say it was 35,000. They're getting 5,000 from this other source and 5,000 from this source. And they're going to use 10,000 for, you know, or 25, sorry, the 25 from us. Mm-hmm. They can, as long as they spell all that out, um, they can definitely do that. And um, there are tips and tricks on how to write grants and how to fill all that stuff out on americasfarmers.com under the Grow Rural Education tab. Um, teachers or superintendents, whoever, um, educators, whoever's filling it out, they can um, uh, go online and, and get some tips. So the best thing to do right away is just go to growruraleducation.com yes. And, yes. So, uh, and get the information. 
Yeah, and so farmers, you have until April 2nd um, to nominate your school district. Um, and then schools have until April 15th um, to submit their grants. Sounds great. And there's a lot of money available. So it's not, I mean, the chances are pretty good that you can at least get a shot, right? Definitely. So um, the Montana Fund gives out $2.3 million to rural school districts every year. Yeah, that's a lot of money. It's a good pool of cash. Yeah. And in fact, so um, in South Dakota, um, since 2011, we've given out $400,000 in grants. That's fantastic. Tracy Mueller, spokesperson for America's Farmers Grow Rural Education. Thanks for filling us in, and uh, hopefully some South Dakota schools will get involved. Yes, please. Thank you so much, Patrick. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to do the news and the weather and that kind of thing and take care of some business. And then Rich Show is going to be here for the fourth day of Rich Show Week. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 357 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And this is Lamb on the Prairie by Rich Show for Rich Show Week. Rich will be here in just a moment after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. And that is off the soon-to-be-released on Saturday. That was the future, this is the past, the big double vinyl album. The show on Saturday night at the Orpheum. We'll talk to Rich about all that. But also remember, on February 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's the Winterfest of Wheels at the Sioux Falls Convention Center. Always a good time. You're going to want to get there. Tickets are 11 bucks, 12 and under free. Benefits cure kids cancer. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four twelve on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is uh, going, this is an old, old song, Trudy, by this show. And I thought we'd uh, go back a little bit. You, that was a like a song. Rich Show is here, by the way. I should okay. introduce him. Hello. Rich, thanks for coming in again for hello, day two. Hello, hello. <laughs> hi, hi. I am, I am on the planet. Um, <laughs> but Trudy was a was an old song. Yes, uh, no direction. And then uh, revived. Yeah, later. yeah. We just kind of stumbled on it uh, one night at practice with Violet, and it was just like this monster guitar sound, and we're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> Trudy lives." <laughs> Let's uh, do that one. And it is included on the uh, soon-to-be-released on Saturday, 
That was the future. This is the past. Double vinyl. I can't remember. Is this on the vinyl or is this on the bonus track? Vinyl. Vinyl. And the bonus tracks you get, which we're gonna we got a couple coming up, but I, I wanted to start with Trudy. Yes, this is a good song. I enjoyed it. It's fun. It is, and it uh, it was always a good it's one fun. to get everybody going. Um, you know, Rich, we when you were here on Tuesday, we talked a lot about the record and sort of where it came from and your songwriting and all that. Um, I'm interested in in um, the preparations for this show on Saturday. We talked a little bit on Tuesday, but tell people, uh, first of all, if you want to go, wh- where do I go, when, what's going on? Okay, if you want to go, uh, the, uh, it's at the Orpheum downtown, uh, the Orpheum, and uh, the uh, doors are open at 7, music's going to start about 8. Uh, you can get tickets there at the door. You don't, you know, you can go online to the different folk records website and uh, look at, you know, all the planned things that are going to happen mm-hmm. with them and, and this show. But you can get tickets that way or just go down to the, the venue and buy your tickets. So it's quite a production. Uh, I mean, the album itself, and just to revisit this, it's a, it's a retrospective, but a re-recorded retrospective of your work. Yes. 22 songs on the vinyl and another 19 in yes. the download. So it's yeah. a big chunk of music. Yes. Uh, it's a big project, but uh, almost as ambitious as this show, uh, which is going to be split up. How many, how many different people are going to be performing with you on Saturday? Oh, good question. <laughs> it's still in flux. I need a calculator for this. Um, well, uh, there'll be different points of the show where we'll have as many as, you know, 13 people on stage. And then we ha- also are doing a segment where uh, another group of guys will be six of us at that point, but it'll all be all acoustic instruments and they'll be all different players. Um uh, doing the working poor type stuff. Uh, and, yeah, I'm trying to think here. We've got three string players, four horns. There's a core of five of us. Yeah. It's like a musical review and uh, what was that yeah. from the Blues Brothers? Anyway, it's a, it's a lot of people and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But it's got to be difficult to coordinate all that. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's, yeah, it's a, t- I mean, it's, well, when you're when you're dealing with that many people and and they're all adults and most of them are married with children, jobs, and stuff, uh, it's very difficult to get everyone on the same page. And and we've just kind of got to the point where this is we have a core of people who are going to do it, and those people we deal with their schedules first, and then we filter in other people as we can. Uh, the the big band is something that's a, a new uh, iteration for you. You haven't been doing that that long. Thir- Twice. Did you say 13 people on stage? Actually, 15. I, I remember this. <laughs> we, we have two backup singers this time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Who, who's that? Um, Aaron Castle from um, uh, Union Grove Pickers. Oh, yep, yep. And uh, 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 Becky Squire. I used to be Becky Powell. Uh, Becky is from my old neighborhood my kids grew up with north her. end man yes north end mcclellan spring area <laughs> um, yeah so uh, we've known them or that family a very long time and uh, it just 
Well, she works with Mark at Hassett's. Got it. And, Mark and Romanowski, yes, yep. Yes, Well, that's outstanding. So 15 people on stage. That is, I mean, that is like a big band in the old school sense, right. isn't it? Right. You should have like them little stands yes. in front of everyone with RS in front of it or, or whatever. You know. And you should, you could get yeah, yourself well, a little baton. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So you know how the band leader would stand over to the side a little Lawrence bit? Lawrence Welk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See? Everything is new again, right? I may, I may have to dance with some of the, the girls out in the crowd <laughs> then while the band plays. You just tell them to keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I'm gonna, just yeah. like in Blues Brothers. That, so uh, that is that the first part of the show or how, how is that going to – what's the order here? Oh, I guess the, we're going to start, start kind of big, break down subtly. Um, they'll be at – start with the full band mm-hmm. with everybody and then break down to a five piece band and do our five piece types. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we're going to break down further to uh, no direction, a three piece. And then we're going to break out a little bit bigger with uh, the six piece uh, working poor acoustic mm-hmm. um, garbage can band. I don't even know how you, describe that you know we we haven't about we haven't talked much about the working poor through all this no and at when were you doing working poor at what point in your career i want to say 97 98 and uh i think that that iteration may be less well known than a lot of the other stuff that you did right yes yeah so what what made you want to do working poor because it's really a very it's kind of Celtic influenced, and I mean, how do you talk about working poor? Um, raucous, well, raucous, fun, yeah, hobnob, boggler type of thing. Um, it kind of stemmed from uh, one of the pawn shops had a beginner's accordion for sale, <laughs> so I bought that, and and I I uh, wanted to see what I could do with it because I mean pl- the accordion is just. For me, a completely strange <laughs> instrument. I I don't master it, but it's it, it has a beautiful sound. Um, but I guess when we started, the thought, at least in my mind, was um, to not do country, to not do roots type music or roots rock, mm-hmm. folk, trying to. See, okay, we take all that stuff off the table. Now, where can we go from here? So then you start listening to, you know, gyp- gypsy music and gypsy music. Klesmer, That's a better, yep. And uh, and not that this is in that genre. I think we we kind of eventually created our own little thing. But I mean, it still has its roots in rock, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's that's the thought you have when you first start. How it ends up, you know, that's its own thing. But you wrote specific songs for that group. Yeah. How was that different from everything else you'd done? Uh, well, we uh, used different rhythms. Uh, it was a lot of... Uh, a couple of us just got together and just kind of worked with some different rhythms just different uh, type of playing uh really percussive type things and then adding 
uh, melodies from the accordion and stuff, and then just hollering, <laughs> 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 hollering out, you know, these things. And, you know, I just, I think at that time I had watched that movie Ironweed. Mm-hmm. It's a real, it's like a three hour movie with Jack Nicholson <laughs> and Meryl Streep, and it's really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> But, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it it was it was really um, that's what kind of the story of this of the working poor was about. Really. So so tell tell me the story. Okay. Of the well, poor. it's it's basically in my mind, it's about someone who was a uh, Ferris wheel conductor and witnessed a, a horrific event where the ferris you know ferris wheel fell over onto the main thing and you know you've got death you've got people being crushed and and then what happened is this gentleman you know basically went into himself uh depression you know kind of lost his mind more Hmm. or less and that's that's where you that's that's, that's, that's the, kind of the yeah, got the, it. the story. So um, there's some there's some uh, just it's not a real uplifting, <laughs> <laughs> but the songs are very energetic, right? But they have kind of an undertone. I mean, some of the songs we played uh, uh, this week, "Boys in the Band" is one of them. Yep, uh, which I I love that song. Uh, what what are some of the other tunes off of that are on this project that are working poor songs? Um, well, the, the very last song on the disc is a day of the Lord, which with strings and horns, it's, it just, you know, makes the hair mm-hmm. stand up on the back of your neck. It's such a beautiful song. Um, working poor tango. Ah, yes. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> now I can't even think of them. Uh, Burn like the wind. Uh-huh. Uh, like you said, uh, boys in the. There's a fairly the uh, broad representation, though, on this record. Given all the bands you've had and everything, right? This is one that maybe people aren't expecting to hear. Those they those may be unfamiliar songs to a lot of people. Yes, I think so, and I think that's part of the reason is. Well, I'm kind of looking forward. I mean, I went back with for these songs, but mm-hmm. uh, we've been kind of tossing around the idea of doing more working poor type oh, stuff. Cool. Who's who's in Working Poor, the original Working Poor? The original Working Poor uh, was Chuck Gurner on bass, uh, Jeff Thompson acoustic guitar, me on, and also Mark on acoustic guitar. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Jeff Thompson played banjo. Um, Jeff Thompson was a very well-known musician in Super. Yes, and uh, Justin Syme, you remember? Mm-hmm. Je- he played mandolin, Lance on drums. That was kind of the... The first incarnation. Yeah, and that was a, it was really fun. And uh, so when you bring it back, you got a new vision for different people. New Is it basically the same? Josh Rice, he uh, has the... Uh, he's the uh, luthier. Yes, the luthier. Very builds. good. Thank you. And he's okay. in... Um, oh, he plays with all kinds he of... He plays people. with Union Grove. Yes. and um, But he's on mandolin, uh, Tim Jewell on acoustic guitar, um, Dominic... We have a guy who plays ma- uh, banjo, Dominic. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> it doesn't matter. It Dominic. does. It does. Dominic, the banjo player. Oh, that's terrible. You'll think terrible. of it later. Oh, I'm sorry. But Dominic. you're still you're still working. You're getting together and playing with the working poor still. 
Well, we did do a gig last summer. Oh, downtown, downtown right? Downtown, right. Outside. Yeah, and the thought was, you know, we kind of tossed on, what would be nice if we had more songs to play. Yeah. And I said, well, I should work on that. That's on you, dude. And it's on <laughs> me. So, so, yes, I've actually started that. Um, I have probably 30 ideas I'm working on right now. We're going we're gonna to talk about that when we come okay. back from commercial because I want to talk more about what's next. And we're going to do that right after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we're continuing to talk with Rich Show, local musician, songwriter, during Rich Show Week. Song's called Memphis. Also off the, uh, it was on the solo record, right? Yes, sir. Obviously, I think it was called. Yes, obviously. I always uh, thought that song, I you know, I know it's not it, things aren't biographical, but there's some lines in there that are seem like you. They seem like Rich Show's life. Yeah, yeah. Some of it is. Certainly. Certainly. There's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's one of the best. Yeah, one of the best lines you ever wrote, to me, that I remember maybe. Not one of the best lines, but it's that, uh, uh, you know, I thought I'd really found the truth, but it was just a lottery card stained by a box of juice. I'm I'm I didn't get it complete there. Yep, yep. That's that's pretty good. That's that's, that's really close. <laughs> I love that song. Or I love this song. Tell me about this song. Um, I think it was kind of um, Memphis to me meant rock and roll, and it was kind of a thing I was thinking about giving it up. You know, the music thing. So it's kind because of, yeah. it was. You know, we went through a lot of stuff uh, at that time, and uh, the deal with uh, Bobby Z. That one kind of fell apart. Which was with Warner Brothers, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because that was during the... Ah, this is the story. That was during the time uh, Mo Austin of, from Warner Brothers mm-hmm. fame, one of the big guys there, had... Uh, Bobby Z had spoken with him, and he gave us money to do a four-song demo at Paisley Park. Mm-hmm. And, but during this time, there was a big uproar and up change in uh, the accountants, more or less, took over Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. And it, it's documented. I can't, you know, I think yeah. I sent you. You sent me the story. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, that was, uh, and he left. He quit. He moved, went over and uh, I think it was, um, went to DreamWorks. Or they started DreamWorks at that point. Really? And that was the end of your deal? Yes. Basically. Yeah, because it was Warner Brothers money. Yep. And and the music, you know, interest, you know, uh, the politics within politics of the industry there. I mean, you as a person bring someone to the to this label and you nurture them and you you you're excited this artist so you but 
without that person there. There's nobody to be your advocate. Right. Yeah. Good word. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so you're there, you did four songs at Paisley Park. Yes. And how long were you there? Oh, uh, for that there? Yeah. Um, I think we were just there for a weekend. So, uh, but four songs, that's a little more time than you would normally get for four songs oh. in a studio like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were in one, the main studio that time and uh, had a different, uh, pro- I had Bobby Z as producer and then this other engineer that we'd never worked with. And before. Bobby Z was of Prince fame, right? Was Bobby yes, Z, yeah, he's, he's a drummer. drummer. Yeah. Uh, Purple Rain, baby. Yeah. Mark Romanowski tells that great story of going to the bathroom next to Prince. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, Mark's got a lot of stories like that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and most of them are true. And on that on that four-song demo, though, produced was uh, Lamb on the Prairie. Lamb there, on the right? Prairie, yeah. Is Trudy on there? Trudy was on there. Um, Did, uh, I can't remember the name of the other song. Uh, it's really, Still Got Nothing Left. Still Got Nothing Left's a great song. I love that one. And uh, what's the other one? It's um, Sleazeball. Yeah. Yeah, really fun four-song demo. But no, you couldn't release it for the longest time. You couldn't, Yeah, you you didn't own it, right? No, no. How'd you get it back? Well, at a certain point... uh, They didn't care. They didn't care. (laughs) They just, yeah, and we never released it officially. No. But we, I mean, we were giving it to friends and whatnot. Right, and you have re-recorded at least Lamb on the Prairie and Trudy, obviously, for this album, so... And still got nothing left. Still, so there are three of them around there. Yes. Sleazeball didn't make the cut. No. 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 There was just, yeah. I mean, you, not, every, not everything can make it. That's right. There was just so many things that I, yeah. I mean, it's all my fault. I'll just take that. I'll take the blame. <laughs> if, if something didn't make it, it's my fault. I may have picked the wrong song. Were you, did you really like those recordings? After all that, I mean, you're in, you're in Paisley Park. All, you got everything you could need. Those are nice. You, did you like the way those sounded better than anything you've done? Yeah, they were really powerful sounding. That We're talking of the four-song yes, demo. Yes, yes. Yeah, those are really nice. Um, how, you know, I always thought... And that, that was unmastered yet. I mean, that still could have been better. Oh, wow. It just sat there. And so that, from that, the ashes of that, you wrote Memphis. Yep. That's a good story. I mean, we were, we were trying, we were trying to... Uh, I, I remember... You know, I don't know if he was blowing air, you know, but Bobby said, you know, Rich, uh, just try to write some of your best stuff, right? You know, write uh, some of your best songs right now. After that all yeah, happened. Yeah, he said, just, just see what you can do. Wow. And That's good I advice. I think there was uh, Up to the Minute was mm. part of that. Uh, Black Railroad came out of that. Um, so did, um, well, Memphis. Memphis. A lot of those obviously songs. Yes, that, a lot of the obviously stuff was from that. I that that record is is uh, it does have a different feel than a lot of your other work. It feels more introspective. Is that right. yeah fair to say? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. Once once it kind of all fell apart at that point, I was thinking, well, it'd be nice to do this with a different setup, different lineup, and stuff, and just see because everyone brings something to the table that you normally wouldn't have like with our original band and that's and you recorded that in minneapolis with with tom herbers yes producer of a lot of minneapolis stuff are you happy with that record uh 
Yeah, for the most part, I'd say I'm 80% happy with it. I mean, there's a few things that, I mean, we got, I mean, there's a few things I wish we could have changed or had more time to do. And it, it's really about the time, you know, and money. Yeah. Do you think you could have stepped away from playing live? Nah, no. I don't, I doubt it. I mean, I've all thought about it many times if I, you know, it's like, oh, I just don't want to do this anymore. Blah, 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 you know. But I'm just probably needed a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> or a week off. Or a week off. And yeah, it, and I always seem to come back. Um, even to this day, you know, I, I'm always thinking about the next song. Oh, which reminds me of something here that we were talking about. I'm sorry if I'm babbling here. But uh, when we were in the studio and we were talking, I was talking with Mike. And we were talking about, you know, ideas for songs and stuff. And then it just kind of dawned on me that, you know, people will hear a song by some band that'll say, yeah, I want I wish I could write a song like that. I'd like to try to write a song like that. Well I never looked at it like that. I always said, I'd like to write an album of like that. Hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an album of songs. That's what, right. What, no, the one piece that doesn't do you any yeah, good, does yeah, it? It's like, just, I need why 12. is that? You know, it's just like, yeah, I can't just say, well, maybe a couple songs that can try <laughs> like that. No, no, it gotta be ten or twelve That's or something interesting. like that. Let's, uh, we're going to go, we're going to go into commercial here, but let's hear a little bit more of, uh, Memphis before we do that, going into the, uh, into the break. We'll come right back with Rich Show on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSL. Forty-six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand. Don't leave Mama by Rich Show. And he is in studio with us for the final segment of Rich Show Week. Yay! <laughs> the big Yay. show. <laughs> the big concert Saturday night at the Orpheum. 8 o'clock. Yes. Music starts-ish. Yes, ish. get there early. So I think we're... I, I'm starting to think we're going to have a pretty good crowd. <laughs> That's good. So, and it's, it's general admission. Yeah, so be there when the doors open. If you want a good... I mean, if you want you, the seat you want... Yeah. I mean, it, whether it's in the back row or the front row. That's right. And there is a balcony, which is fun there. Yes. Yes. Which, actually, that balcony spot is pretty good. I and they've remodeled that place. It's awesome in there. Yeah. 
And they've been playing. They've been drive-by truckers are playing there Sunday night. Yes, they are. Which I also have tickets to. I have a very busy weekend. I just want you to know. So that. do I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don't leave Mama was a uh, Flag with Hank song. Yes, right? sir. That's why I wanted to play this one. Ah, and this I is got... this is also one of the bonus tracks. Yes, this was one that wouldn't fit properly on the, the other. But there's a couple others that wouldn't fit properly on the uh, on the record that probably should have been on there. But this is a, a nice rock and roll song. Exactly. That's why I like it's it. It's kind of credency. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I used to play a little credence. Right. Uh, the occasional cover of a credence song. Uh, Green River is my coming oh, up. Great. Used to come out of something else with a lot of uh, fuzz, and then <laughs> and then hit those opening licks at Green River. It was kind of it was cool. It was inspiring. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I can't remember what we did there, but yeah. No, I, I, I can't. I can never remember what song it was going in, but I always just remember. <laughs> it was cool. So um, I want to talk. We I keep saying we're going to talk about what we're doing next. So you're going to get all this done Saturday. Sunday you'll get up, you know, maybe sleep in. Uh, but next week, you talked about wanting to get the work and pour together. What What's going to be next for Rich Show after this? Moving forward. Constantly moving forward. That's what uh, um, I've got, like, 30 things I'm working on, 30 songs I'm working on. And depending on who's going to use them, I don't know. Uh, I, wanna, I want to do another... Well, we have a record for Red Leaves in the can. Oh, really? And we haven't talked at all about Red Leaves. Yeah, Red Leaves, we haven't. Uh, that is in the can. But there again, we don't have enough songs. I don't think it would be nice to have more songs. So I want to do, you know, another six or so songs for Red Leaves. How do you describe Red Leaves? Um, if you're familiar with the late 70s New York City punk scene, which, you know, like... Patti Smith, Television, uh, Richard Hell and the Voidoids, that type of thing. Uh, we were really gearing towards more television, where it would just be two basic electric guitars, bass, drums, one voice, and then, and yeah. So that think, think about that, you know. And and we, there are a few things we do on uh, on with Red Leaves that are blatant television ripoffs. <laughs> At least I think they are. We think they are. Maybe, you know. And I have had people come up to us after we play and go, oh, I've never really heard anyone play songs like television. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's what I was That's trying what we're, to do. You're exactly right. Uh, and you guys play, you're, you're playing live as Red Leaves currently. Yes, yes. That's an uh, active group. Um, so now that you're done, with this just about done the big show is on saturday but yep. the record's recorded you know you've been you've been uh working on this for quite a while now about a year um how does it make you reflect on these state these are like these are like chapters in your life has it made you sort of reflect on all those different eras of rich show yes. as a human being well yeah i mean it's to look back and see what you've done in the past and and you know there's good and bad you know they and i it was nice to be able to dig into these songs and think yeah these are good songs these aren't 
Leaves are all right. And they do say something, I think, about Sioux Falls in a way. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I mean, we're the song Where's the Beach? Mm -hmm. That is so South Dakota. Where's the beach? Oh, it looks like fun. Yeah, because we don't have a beach. I mean, we have (laughs) beaches at the lake, but Mm -hmm. we don't have one at the no ocean side here. But, yeah, I don't know. It's... It's, uh, we're in, in a, a pocket kind of away from a lot of big city issues and all that stuff. I mean, we, we really live a great life in this town. I don't know. You can shake your head. I don't know. But I'm not shaking my head. I know you're not. You're not. <laughs> but we live in really a beautiful city and it's got a lot of good things going for it. But we, yeah, we don't experience the things of the bigger cities. And, yeah, I don't know. It's a slower pace. We we do step back better than, you know, the bigger cities. Was it hard to do that? I mean, it, was it hard at times to go through this process? Of revisiting, yeah, re- re- uh, Revisiting your life. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously I've, you know, I'm not married anymore. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of good and bad things that I went through with the group and, and all the the friends that I've had that have come and gone. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't really have much to say. It, It was, it was nice to look back and, and then realize that you've really put out a lot. You've put a lot of attention to this for your whole life. It's you, your art. Yeah, you've done an awful lot. And, I mean, to me, it didn't seem like I'd, that I've just scratched the surface. Yeah. But to someone else, they would go, geez, that guy's writing songs all the time, you know, <laughs> something, something like that. Do you, you know? think that is the difference between something somebody does as a hobby or they think it's cool and... You know, art, expression. Right. I mean, you are constantly looking to the next song. Constantly. I mean, this one's written. I'm I'm thinking about what do I want to do with this next thing. It's all about, you know, trying to experiment with different ideas, different uh, genres. You know, I've done, you know, the electronic thing. You Mm -hmm. know, we did Body Electric. We did Go-Go. Uh, which those are really a lot of fun. I, you know, I've got quite a collection of synthesizers now <laughs> and uh, keyboards and, and recording gear for that. And uh, yeah, and that was just a way to try to find a different way to play, you know, a song, write a song, to, you know. The, the, this sounds this sounds terribly pretentious, <laughs> but have you when you're looking do going through all this and now seeing these songs and going oh they're pretty some of those were pretty good, and what did you learn actually about yourself? Um, that I yeah I, I I'm the real thing I guess <laughs> you know I'm a songwriter you know that's that was my art that's something that I I don't know of very many of them around this area. 
It's a perfect place to end the show. The concert is Saturday night at the Orpheum. Music starts at 8. I think the doors open at 7, 7.30. Get there early. It's 15 bucks. It's nothing. For it's a, cheap. For a, a rock and roll review and uh, exploration. Uh, Rich, um, the album's called That Was the Future, This Is the Past. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk. I have a great time. This is a lot of fun. We're going to come back and finish up. Rich is going to be gone, but we'll take care of a few things. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. We're listening to Rumors Burial by Rich Show. That used to end or be near the end of a lot of live shows by various Rich Show projects. It's on the new record. That was the future. This is the past. And she builds and she builds and she builds. And we're not going to get to the end. So you're only going to hear the beginning. So you're going to have to go buy the record or go see Rich on Saturday night down at the Orpheum. Music starts at 8, 15 bucks. It's going to be a blast. I hope to see you all out there. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.